everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats, what he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too, with my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Jeff, what I love about the sports world, and it's become a cliche in baseball, but it's really true in all sports, is any time you go to a game, you might see something you've never seen before. We may never see another comeback as dramatic as the one we saw against the Indianapolis Colts last weekend. Have you ever seen anything quite like that? Nobody has. <laughs> when you talk about the, the biggest comeback in NFL history <clears throat> from 33 nothing down, yeah, no, nobody has seen that. And I'm not sure that we will in our lifetimes see that again. It just was truly uh, amazing. And we thought the Buffalo game was incredible enough. Although I, w- I would still say that the Buffalo game was more incredible even than the Indianapolis game just because of Justin Jefferson's fourth and 18 miraculous catch and Josh Allen fumbling on the goal line and everything that happened in that game on the road against a number one seed right now in the AFC. But this came very close (laughs) and certainly very historic. And so it was, it was incredible. Jim, it was kind of a a strange day for me. At halftime, they're down 33 nothing. I took my dog for a walk. I'm thinking, I'm not really going to rush back, <laughs> even though <laughs> I was re- even though I was recording the game, and I knew I would watch it back. and And so I, I missed the first series of the third quarter. And yeah, nothing happened there except another sack of cousins. <laughs> and so, just crazy how all of a sudden it started to turn. And then, then you're transfixed on the game thinking, can this really happen? And when things start to go downhill, they can really move fast, and especially with a team that, that has struggled as the Colts have. We, we know that the, the, week, the previous week they had given up 33 to Dallas in the fourth quarter, or actually it was two weeks ago they were coming off their bye. So an, an amazing game in an amazing season. And the Vikings, amazingly, are eleven and three. I think when we did our prognostications back in August, I, I was optimistic in ten, at ten and seven. And I think you laughed at me. <laughs> I think I did. I think I picked. I think I picked them to win either eight or nine games. I can't remember which. And uh, they and you know I wrote about it this week. They've exceeded expectations in every possible way. They definitely have. There, there's no doubt about that. And and certainly the number one guy who's exceeded expectations as you also wrote about, is Kirk Cousins. Yep. Having a, a great season, even though it's not as good statistically for him. He's down 13 points in his passer rating, but he's playing better at crunch time. He's making big, big plays down the stretch in games. He's got seven come-from-behind wins. He's got seven game-winning drives. 
those are NFL highs this year and a career high for him. As we know, when you talk about Kirk, it, it's all going to still come down with Viking fans and with, and with the Kirk doubters out there. I don't, I don't want to say haters. I'm not sure they're haters because I, I think he's kind of, in, in some ways, won over a lot of people this year with the personality change that we've talked about with Kirk O'Chains and everything that's happened there. He's just kind of let his guard down, become a, a lot more of a normal person, shall we say. But as we know, the playoffs are still going to tell the story of how people view him ultimately this season. And, yeah, they're going to say, yeah, it was a great regular season, but, yeah, it didn't work out. San Francisco or Philadelphia shut him down, maybe. But we'll see how that plays out. So it's going to be, I think, a really interesting, <clears throat> exciting time come playoffs. And first things first, the Vikings have to try to hang out of that number two seed. And that's not going to be easy the way the 49ers are surging. No doubt about it. He's Jeff Diamond. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, part of TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brian Burdett. Thank you to our sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com, and Platinum Bank. This is TalkNorth.com. Go to the website. You will find all kinds of great stuff. Uh, the Viking Update shows our other Viking show. We have a bunch of hockey stuff, including we've added the Prosser brothers now to our hockey lineup. You have Russo, LaPanta, Cheryl Reeve, John Krasinski, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, John Millay, Jeff Diamond, uh, outdoor content, Dave Lee, Mike Grimm on the Gophers. Check it all out. We do appreciate it. Best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is the easiest way to listen. So let's get into what could happen the rest of the way. Uh, how important is the number two seed? How important is rest? And how do you balance those two things in the final three games? I think that's the big challenge for Kevin O'Connell right now. When you talk about <clears throat> players who have an injury history, such as Dalvin Cook, who's gotten certainly the vast majority of the snaps on offense compared to Alexander Madison. I, I think that we will... I'm sure see more of Madison in, the, in these last three regular season games. You talk about Daniil Hunters, Adarius Smith, they're still playing whatever, 80, 85% of the snaps. Those guys, I think, have to have their load managed too. Garrett Bradbury may not play again this week, which would be not a good situation for the Vikings going against a Giants defense led by Dexter Lawrence, who just was named to the Pro Bowl, along with five Vikings that we'll talk about. But he's a, he's a beast inside at nose tackle. Austin Schlotman is definitely a step down from Bradbury, who's had a much better season this year and kind of setting himself up for a, a new contract. So I, I think that when you talk about managing players, Zadarius, Daniil, Dalvin Cook are the first three that come to mind for me. And e even guys like, like Thielen, Harrison Smith, some of the veteran guys, Eric Kendricks, who has had a few issues in the past. I, I know that O'Connell wants to give them less play time, but I know he also wants that number two seed. Very important to hang on to that number two seed because if they, if they win their first playoff game, which they would match up against a seven seed, potentially it could be a, a Detroit or a Washington or who knows? It could be the Packers sneaking in. <laughs> Although I think that they'll be done this week against Miami. 
And so I think you, it's definitely a, a situation to manage the, the workload, but yet try to win these games and hang on to that number two seed so that if they get to the divisional playoff against, against San Francisco, most likely as the three seed, that it would be here at U.S. Bank Stadium with a loud crowd to disrupt a rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy. That would be much more favorable for the Vikings than to go to San Francisco, where I think they would be have a very hard time winning. So, yeah, the number two seed, really important. And I look at the 49ers schedule, I'm not sure they're going to lose the rest of the way. And, and if they went out and the Vikings lose one more and they end up tied, the 49ers, 49ers would win the tiebreaker. So the Vikings may have to win out. Yeah, they, they really probably have to. Uh, and the Giants are an interesting matchup. They're, they're winning. I don't know how good they are. And I don't know how good Daniel Jones is. And when you evaluate young quarterbacks, which you've had to do throughout your careers as a general manager and a, a team president, I mean, how much time do you give someone and how much time does it take to really know? And what do you think of Daniel, Daniel Jones himself? I've always liked Daniel Jones. And, and he is, is certainly physically talented. He's got a good enough arm. He can run. Better than you think. He's got 583 yards rushing and, and five TDs this year. Certainly, Saquon Barkley is the the main cog in that offense. But but Barkley or Daniel Jones, I think is a, is a a good enough quarterback. I think he's improved this year under Brian Dable. He does not have a great receiving core. We know that from that standpoint. I think the guy's been a good player. I think he set himself up for a nice contract extension from the, from the Giants who did not exercise his 50-year option, so he's a potential free agent. And I think he's a guy that, that they're going to very likely franchise, which would probably cost him about $30 million, but it's probably a cheap rate for a quarterback who's taken them to the playoffs, which is most likely the case. They're 8-5-1. and one. They have a little wiggle room, even if they lose to the Vikings, to to still get in. That win last week against Washington was just so huge for them uh, because they, they now have a tiebreaker over the Commanders. Uh, for So the Giants sit at number six, the Commanders at number seven, but Detroit and, and Seattle are lurking at seven and seven. See, I think Seattle is, is going to be done very soon. They're headed the wrong direction. Detroit, I think, could sneak in there at that seventh spot. And that would set up an interesting matchup if the Vikings held on to two and, and, and played Detroit in that, in that first round. But Daniel Jones, I think he's, he's a good player. I think he's a guy, he is very capable of making mistakes and he gets sacked a lot. The Giants' offensive line is shaky and that, I think that's a matchup the Vikings need to, to do a good job against. He's given up, they've given up 44 sacks, third most in the league this year. That could be a, a swing point in this game if they can if they can sack Daniel Jones, but yet keep him in the pocket, not let him escape, not let him pull what Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields were able to do against the Vikings defense. So it's going to be a, a challenge. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Ed Donatel, the, the defense coordinator, plays it this week. If he continues to be aggressive, that was a big turning point last week when he called at least 10 second half blitzes that disrupted Matt Ryan to the point that he's been benched this week and only had three points of, of offense last week for the Colts. Daniel Jones, he, he is a, uh, I think he's a good player, Jim. And I think he's a guy 
dangerous with the run, can throw it well enough. He just doesn't have great receivers. But I think the, the big matchup, too, for the Vikings in this game is against that Giants defense that is not great statistically, but they've got some really good players, especially up front. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau had a great game last week, was d- defensive player of the week in the league with a, a sack and 12 tackles and a bunch of tackles for loss. He's an edge rusher, probably going against Christian Derrissaw a bunch in this game. That'll be a fun matchup to see. Thibodeau was the third, fifth overall pick this year. They've got other really good rushers on that defense, defensive front. The secondary is very shaky. So if they can give Cousins time, and maybe we'll see more of that quick passing game we saw against New England after they had trouble against Dallas with their pass rush. If they if Cousins has time, I think Jefferson, Osborne, Thielen, Hawkinson can have big days. And Dalvin Cook, of course, the run will be very important this week. The Giants are, are 29th in the league against the rush. But Dalvin has got to keep the ball in his, in his arms, not fumble as he did the last two weeks. I want to get to the Packers, Matt Ryan, uh, the Cowboys being up and down, and what the Vikings might have learned from games against Buffalo and Dallas and the Colts. How do you avoid a letdown? We'll also do our picks. Right now, though, we want to thank White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore view of GMC. And they say happy holidays to everybody. Check out their great website. My longtime friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Gutrell. Fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume. Buick GMC dealer, six years running. WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com is the website. And you will see holiday savings, $3,250 off MSRP, plus 3.9% for 72 months. And no payments for 90 days on all 2022 GMC Crew Cab 1500s. A 1.9% offer for five years on 2022 GMC Sierra 1500 crew cabs, 3.99% APR on 2022 Buick SUV models, and 3.9% APR on GMC terrains with a $750 purchase allowance. Again, no monthly payments for 90 days. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to Platinum Bank. Platinum Bank, happy to talk about our great sponsor. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities execs to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder and have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive Vice President Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. Matt Ryan has had a nice career. But how would you like to have a nice career and be remembered for blowing a 25-point lead in a Super Bowl and a 33-point lead in a regular season? (laughs) Not good. 
and and now he's on the bench and Nick Foles is in there. It was probably good news for the Vikings that they didn't put Foles in the second half considering yes. their, their history against him in especially the 2017 NFC Championship in Philly. But yeah, Matt Ryan, he just he actually had some good moments in the game in the first half, but but truly the Vikings were handing it over to the Colts with the special teams miscues coming right and left. A punt blocked for a touchdown, two long kickoff returns, a failed fake punt, and then Dallin Cook fumbles near the red zone and and, and Cousins throws a, a pick six. Just so many things went wrong in that first half. It, 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 when you think about all that went wrong, it is truly amazing, first of all, that the Colts didn't have more points because the Vikings' defense held them to five field goals in the first half and in, the, in that early third quarter. And that was one of the keys to the game, as Cousins talked about. I think Matt Ryan is pretty much done. He's had a great career. He's, he's been a Pro Bowl quarterback. He's been an MVP. He's been in Super Bowls. But, yeah, I think, I think he's pretty much about done. The quarterback sneak, also one of the kind of under-the-radar plays in that great comeback, if they don't stop that quarterback sneak of his with about three minutes to go, they may never get the ball back or certainly would have kicked a field goal. And furthermore, Jim, I think that interim coach Jeff Saturday aired. I would have had McLaughlin, who was five for five on the day and had already made a 52-yarder. I would have had him kick a 53-yarder at that point. They're up eight points, three minutes to go. Why not take give your field goal kicker an opportunity instead of your 37-year-old quarterback out a quarterback sneak when the Vikings have been pretty good on short yardage defense. So I think that was a big mistake by Saturday in the game. That's a good point. So much happened in that game. It's hard to remember all the turning points. That's that's a really key one that I hadn't even thought much about. Uh, by the way, in the scheme of things, of all the things you can accomplish as a team, how important these days is a division title? I think it's important because it guarantees you one home game for sure. <clears throat> with a good opportunity, if you're the number two seed, to get a second or even possibly a third home game. If you play it out optimistically from the Vikings' perspective, if they draw a seven seed, a Detroit or Washington at U.S. Bank Stadium, get that win, get San Francisco here with the rookie quarterback in the noisy stadium, Find a way to somehow win that game, although I think they'll still be underdogs against the 49ers. They're just so loaded talent-wise, especially that defense. It's just going to be very hard to crack. But if they were able to get by San Francisco and, and say Dallas figures things out after they laid an egg against Jacksonville last week, but if they play on are, are cooking on all cylinders and they go to Philly as a four-versus-one and beat them, which is very possible – all of a sudden, the Vikings are hosting the Cowboys in the NFC Championship here around January, whatever, 26th, 28th. <laughs> so stranger things have happened. It's possible. That's why winning the division is important. And as O'Connell said, it was their first goal. He, he did talk about that this week. Front and center. And that's one of the, one of the things I like about Kevin O'Connell. He doesn't poo-poo things. He, he went right at the Buffalo game where they had the great thrilling win and then had the huge letdown against Dallas where they lost 40 to three. And, and he's talking about it. The players are talking about it, acknowledging 
the emotional toll, as he put it, of winning these difficult comfort behind games, such as the Buffalo game, such as the Indy game, and then going to the next game, trying to make sure that that you're you're playing at your highest level. I think he's made that crystal clear to the players this week not to have that similar letdown. But then again, you think about the Giants, they're coming off a huge win too over an arch rival in Washington on a last-minute victory, on a controversial win where the winning touchdown pass, or the winning, let's call it a pass breakup by Darnay Holmes, who I think is a suspect corner the Vikings are going to go after, their slot corner. Darnay Holmes was all over Curtis Samuel when we all saw the replay and the, and the officials kept the flags in their pocket. That was a terrible call, not to, not to call pass interference, which would have given the, the commanders a first and goal at the one at that point because that was a fourth and sixth play that basically ended the game. Yeah, I, that was a terrible call. I'm just in favor of terrible calls going against Daniel Snyder's team, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. You know how I feel about him. So yes. I, I, I was happy about that one, too, <laughs> even though my agent firm represents Jonathan Allen, <laughs> who's ah. the Redskins' best defensive player. But he is he a good made, player. But he made the Pro Bowl, along yeah. with five Vikings, by the way. And, Jim, you got to say, kind of a, a sign of, of recognition, respect for this Vikings team and what they've accomplished to get five guys selected to the Pro Bowl, which is more than in the last several years – starting with, with Kirk Cousins, who, who made it at, at quarterback, for, uh, which I, th- I think was, I, I don't want to say surprise, maybe a mild surprise. I thought maybe Goffer might, might have a chance or Justin Fields, but, but Kirk is in the Pro Bowl, and certainly back-to-back 400-yard games didn't hurt his cause around voting time. And then Jefferson, of course, was a shoe-in. T.J. Hawkinson, deservedly at, at tight end has had a really good year made that great two-point conversion which again an under the radar play if they don't make that play they probably don't win the game and then Zadarius Smith who had fallen off the second half of the season due to that knee injury but he still get, got to his 10th sack and I thought it was much more effective against the Colts had a couple of forced fumbles and it looks like he's recovered from that knee, which is really good news for the Vikings defense. He and Hunter, of course, are the key to that defense. They, as we've talked before, they need to keep them healthy. And then Andrew DePaulo makes it as a, as a long snapper. I don't know how you judge long snappers, <laughs> but I guess he's done a good job. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, he seems to be good at his job. And I'll, I'll t- you know, there are a lot of times I look at Pro Bowl lists and I question things, but I, I'm not going to question the long snapper. I, I, I I, he he's good enough for me to make the Pro Bowl. Let's put it that way. And yeah. I'm not going to test my depth of knowledge about long snapping here. <laughs> no, no, exactly. He, he's no Mike Morris, but hey, we'll, we'll say he's a pretty good player. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get to our picks here now, but let's just start off with the Packers. Where do you think they are? Are they getting better? Are they a real threat to make the playoffs? If they made the playoffs, would they be a threat in the playoffs? Yeah, I thought it was interesting when they cut Sammy Watkins and, and said, okay, we're going with the young guys. We're going with with, uh, with Christian Watson and, and Romeo Dobbs, and it paid off in, in a good performance against the lousy Rams. Wow, just how crazy is it that the Rams are, I think, now the, the worst defending Super Bowl champion in history as they sit at 4-10. and 10. 
what, what a disaster year for them. But the, the Packers won that game in Lambeau, but I think it's going to be tough for them to go to Miami. The Dolphins are not playing great, but they played Buffalo tough. They, they've lost three straight. They need a win desperately in a very tight AFC wildcard race where they're holding uh, a, a, a number six or seven seed right now. I think that the Packers get beat this week. I think it's, it'll be over for them. That'll be their ninth loss, which I think would be good news for the Vikings because then there's a strong likelihood they would face Jordan Love and not Aaron Rodgers on New Year's Day in cold Lambeau. I see, I see the Packers getting beat by Miami this week. Yeah, I agree with you, and let's let's have that be our first pick here. So we're both going to take Miami at home in the relative warmth against a Packer team that still has issues. I just think Miami is is going to overwhelm them with talent and outscore them. Let's go now to Philly at Dallas. Jalen Hurts, uh, last we're talking here on Thursday morning, to this point I don't believe he's been ruled out even though he has a sprained right shoulder. Should he play, and how do you pick this game not knowing if he will play? It's going to be a tough call, I think, for Nick Sirianni. I'm sure Jalen Hurts is the kind of guy who wants to play in this game, especially after he was dissed a little bit by, by, by Micah Parsons and, yep. the, and the Dallas D. So I'm sure he wants to play. And maybe Sirianni is thinking, okay, if we can protect him, maybe not have him doing deep drop backs, not have him r- running as much. And, and try to try to put him in there and see how it goes early in the game. And if they start falling behind, then then you go to uh, to Garden Minshew. I think that because Dallas lost that week, it, it gives Philly more latitude here not to play Hurts because they've they've got a, a situation where all they need is one more win or one more Dallas loss or one more Vikings loss, and and they've clinched the number one seed and then I think they they would try to rest Hurts maybe until the last game I like Dallas in this game I, I just think that the Cowboys have been waiting for this week I think they were kind of overlooking Jacksonville last week looking ahead to this game the Eagles are, are really strong on both sides of the ball I'm sure I'm sure they'll be cranked up for this game I see Dallas finding a way to win and Prescott playing better than he did last week but I certainly wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles knock them off. Uh, agreed with you. I, I don't know how to pick this one. I, I, I think that I would rest Hurts, and if he does play, he probably is going to be limited. And this probably is Dallas's Super Bowl. Uh, well, the Eagles actually want to get to the real Super Bowl, so I think I will take Dallas at home, even though I don't trust Dallas in many other ways. How about Cincinnati at New England? Uh, used to be if you went into a meaningful game in Foxborough this time of year, it was almost a guaranteed victory for the Patriots. Uh, I will personally, I will take Joe Burrow over Bill Belichick in this matchup. Yeah, definitely. I think the the Patriots are going to have a hard time recovering from that fiasco at the end of the game. Oh my God! Week. Just a, a horrendous play in Vegas, where with the lateral and and Chandler Jones picks it off and runs for a touchdown. That was just one of the worst end of game situations by a veteran player. I'm sure Bill Belichick has just been sick all week about that game, which 
pretty much sealed the Patriots' doom this year. Yeah, I, I just, I, yeah, I agree with you about Burrow, Jim. We've been picking the games exactly the same the last couple of weeks. This, this is getting scary. It <laughs> is. That we're, it's that bad we're news for you that you're picking the same as me. Yeah, but I think we were basically right in, in most cases last week. It was a little difficult on those Vikings, though. With that, right? To get them through, but but we've been we've been uh, hanging in there with our picks. But yeah, I, I will definitely go with Burrow. The Bengals, they are hot, playing really well. I'm not sure that they aren't ultimately going to emerge out of that AFC as they did last year. We'll see because the, the Bills don't have Von Miller. The Chiefs are, are playing okay, but they've got Mahomes. We know that. I think the AFC playoffs are going to be really fun to watch this year. Oh, no doubt. And they were a blast. La- they've been a blast the last couple of years. There's just so yeah. much high-end quarterback talent. And that's that nothing attracts you to the TV set or to the stadium more than high-end quarterback matchups. Interesting. When you talked about the Pro Bowl picks and some of the people saying, oh, one of the snubs was Tua Tagovailoa. Well, who's he going to beat out between right. Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow? <laughs> yep. I'm, so- I'm sorry. Uh, Tua, you're not in that class, by the way. And, and furthermore, I have one more rant here. Why is Tampa Bay at Arizona the Sunday night game? <laughs> Come yeah, on. I you know. got Philly, Dallas. You got Cincinnati, New England. You got Washington going to San Francisco for a, a big game. The Vikings and the Giants. Come on. Tom Brady, is he that important that 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 the, the Bucks have to be the Sunday night game playing against a lousy Arizona team? That that's a terrible decision by the league. And Brady, by the way, was awful last week with four turnovers against the Bengals. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I Philly Dallas should, is the natural, but even even the other games we talk about, Giants, Vikings, or Cincinnati at New England, all would be more interesting than uh, than that game. Um, but we don't make those decisions. All right. Now the game of the week for us, Giants at Vikings. What do you see? Yeah, the, the Vikings are 7-1 and at home this season. They're 1-2 and against the NFC East, even though they went 4-0 and against the AFC East, the two best divisions in, in the league this year. I think the Giants will play them tough, as everybody usually does. But I think ultimately the Vikings emerge in this game. I think the Giants will have trouble stopping that Vikings offense. The, the Giants secondary is, is shaky. It looks like a Dory Jackson, their best corner, may not play. He hasn't been practicing this week. That's really bad news for the Giants going against the Vikings passing game. The I think the Vikings defense will need to play very good run defense against against Barkley and Jones. And but I do think that they'll come up with a couple of, of turnovers, maybe a couple of interceptions of, of Daniel Jones in this game and and find a way to win it out. I'll call it 27-20. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with another close Vikings victory. I'm going to say 28-24 Vikings. Uh, let's go 29-24. They, I think they win another close one and it will probably be dramatic in the fourth quarter because that's just the way this team plays. Uh, hey, thanks to Brianne Burdett. Thanks to Jeff. Thanks to everyone who listens. You have a final thought for us today, Jeff? Well, I think final thought, let's just say pass protection this week, really important. But yet being able to take shots downfield against that suspect secondary. And, and again, Kirk Cousins, you got you to gotta salute the guy. He, he's been such a lightning rod around here for so many years. But, but yet you have to give credit to Kevin O'Connell as I, I know you've done in, in, in writing your column and so forth. 
because because he's empowered Cousins the way he has, and he's built up his confidence. The guy is just a different player this year. Again, the playoffs will be the ultimate test for him and for this Vikings team. But that has just been between his on-field and his off-field. He's just had a metamorphosis this year. And it's been really interesting and, and kind of fun to watch. <laughs> oh, it has. It's been a blast. This, is, this season has been fascinating. It's been entertaining. It's been highly successful. Uh, and listen, you know, we, we all analyze flaws and the perceived flaws of the teams we cover, but we all want them to win. It's just more fun that way. This is just much more entertaining than last year was, and I hope they continue it. So, uh, hey, once again, thanks to Jeff. Thanks to Brianne. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com.